wrestling is a training ground for life, but nothing is going to be tougher than life. And that's why I always say to my athletes, it's like, when you look at this in five or six years down the road, you're going to laugh at the adversity that you face in this room when it comes to the adversity you're going to face in life. But I can tell you this right now, if you quit in this, it's going to make it a lot easier to quit in life. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. Joining me today is Glenn Lanham, head wrestling coach at Duke University. Coach Lanham has made major strides in each of his seasons at the helm with the Blue Devils, seeing at least two of his wrestlers qualify for NCAA championships in seven of his nine seasons. Coach and I get into a host of topics, including competition, failure, and building relationships between players and coaches. Man, I'm freaking fired up. I got another phenomenal guest. I'm really humbled to have him. He's a stud. Got to know him over the last few years. Head wrestling coach at Duke University, the Blue Devils, Coach Glenn Lanham. Coach Lanham, man, thanks so much for hopping on, Coach. Excited to be on, and uh, thank you for having me, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So, so you know, we're talking youth sports. We're talking athletic development and everything in between. Um we're also talking about a sport that I've come to, you know, my boys are involved. It's something that I know nothing about from my own personal experience, but I've come to love the sport of wrestling. Um, it's it's a sport that I, I, you know, I think it teaches so much more than just the physical. It's just, it teaches life it, it, right in front of you. It holds you accountable in so many different ways. I love it. Huge fan. But, I, you know, I want to I ask you this, Coach. There is a, uh, and this is kind of where I want to start. Wrestling itself, it's not a, I feel like it's a sport where a lot of times, at least from around here in North Carolina, a lot of kids don't really get introduced to it till they get to high school. Um, of course, some of your you know, better kids maybe are experienced to the club stuff at an earlier age, but I feel like it's one of those sports where, you know, if you've never wrestled in your life, but you're a great athlete, you're a defensive lineman, you're a linebacker on the football team, whatever it is, and you get plugged into the wrestling, you could be coachable. I feel like it's one of those sports that great athletes can become good at can you talk about the athleticism that gets into uh you know what it takes to be a wrestler from a just from a physical side well that's i think that that's a good that's a great point i i actually i i think if you look at wrestling is a sport that other sports don't accent well but if you look at what wrestling does for other sports it's 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 tremendous i know i, I was a three-sport athlete in, in high school i i, I played uh, football wrestling and lacrosse and, you know, from wrestling, all those things that I got out of wrestling could just accent all of those other sports that I played. And I think that that's what you talk about. If you're a great athlete, you're coachable. Uh, now, I know, you know, experience for it, it kind of, you know, it's, it's really weird how the sport of wrestling goes. So the higher weights you go, you can be pretty much a good athlete and, 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 and jump into wrestling relatively late. But then when you look at the lower weights, I, I think it's more finesse. Oh, so really? Okay. Jump into those a little bit sooner. You know, you can look at uh, an, an athletic upper weight uh, with less experience can be very successful because just because he's an athlete, he, he may pick up pretty quick. Uh, when you look at the lower weights, it's kind of more experience. I, I think it's it's you know those guys roll around, they counter. There's a lot going on at those lower weights where you kind of you got to get in the game early. So that's kind of my take. I mean, when I was coaching high school uh, wrestling in Midwest City, we had we were fortunate to have a bunch of great heavyweights, and a lot of them played football at Mizzou. And we had uh, one one in particular. He didn't start wrestling uh, until his ninth grade year, and uh, then stopped wrestling, and then came out his senior year. And he was a 
state runner-up. We taught him a couple of moves, but he was he was super athletic, had great balance, obviously uh, strong, and uh, it was able to uh, benefit him in those areas. And then obviously going on to play football, you know, you talk about what wrestling does, uh, the hand and the foot coordination, what it does for football, it, it, it's just tremendous. You can look at a lot of these you know, premier linemen and linebackers and, and, you know, you watch the bowl games and they talk about their wrestling background. So, yeah, like I said, I think wrestling is a sport that that can accent a bunch of sports. But, you know, if you look at what other sports do for wrestling, it, 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 it it's kind of limited. You know, one of the things that you're, you're as you're talking, I'm thinking about it. And, and yeah, my point with that was like uh, how much the sport exposes, you know, overall athleticism, but I think there's an incredible amount of competitiveness. You know, like I know from my baseball background, if you take a kid who never really played the sport of baseball, threw a baseball around and caught it, and you try to plug them into a game at 12 years old, they're going to have a serious issue. Um, and right. it's going to be exposed at a high level, even if that kid's a really good athlete, because it's so skill specific. And that's kind of what I want to get into is like the sports sampling, right? Because listen, we, we talked about this before, Coach. It's this topic I love to cover, specialization early versus, you know, kids being well-rounded or at least, uh, you know, sampling a variety of sports. And that sweet spot that the data, uh, at least provided by the Aspen Institute and such, will say is pre-puberty, really 7 to 13 years old is when you want to have the most versatile sampling time of sport because that's when your body's developing and your, you know, all these things are coming. And then as you get a little older, you want to lock it and so be it uh you know but at the same time that well-rounded is going to help you become a better athlete how does that all play in from a competitive standpoint you know from a competition and help kids on the wrestling mat being well-rounded well i just think that you can't teach competition so i would always say like if a guy's a two-sport three-sport athlete and they're getting the opportunity to compete where you know you have the one sport athlete that's that you know they may be in the weight room uh they may play football and then go in the weight room you know for six months out of the year i think that someone who you can't teach competition so you know whether it's fourth and one or it's uh you know or you have five seconds on the clock and you're down by two you know all of those things i think competition is something that you know i feel like is important and i think that specialization takes that away now, you, you, you look at, you know, some athletes, sooner or later, you kind of pick what sport you're going to be in. Sure. But as a, as a, as a parent, as, as many sports as, you know, your, your child can get into and, and, and sample and experience and want to love and get involved with, I, I, I think I, I recruit two and three sport athletes all the time, you know, because people look at, they say, well, you know, he, he didn't go to Fargo, and I'm like, well, you know, because he was playing baseball with his all-star team, or he was playing lacrosse, or he was running track. So for me, you know, the, the competition over, you know, the specialization is something that I always look at more because, you, like I said, you can't teach that fourth and one or keep going for a state championship in football and then coming into wrestling and competing in wrestling and then going from wrestling to baseball or lacrosse or track. So those things, I think that, They'll figure it out. The athlete figures it out. You know, when I when I started to kind of uh, look at, okay, I was football wrestling across, you know, I, I figured, you know, kind of where my ticket was going to go. I, I didn't need anybody saying, oh, you know, I just figured like, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, in order to be better, you know, I have to start doing the freestyle. And in order to do the freestyle, I had to limit my lacrosse. So uh, it, let the athlete figure it out. You know, don't, I have athletes call me all the time and say, Coach, what do you think? I, I, I want to play football, but I don't want to get hurt. And I say, hey, what, what's your heart telling me? Uh, it's, it's telling me I want to play football. And then I'm like, I'll be with you, play football. Yeah. 
What a great freaking point you're bringing up. And, and how simple of a piece of advice. Ask your kid. You know, ask the athlete, right? Like, let them figure it out. As parents, though, we, we have to, obviously, we have to guide, you know. And, and But sometimes it's like, hey, you know, where are you, you know, what are you thinking right now? You know, what are where's your heart telling you to go? And I think, it, I think kids will tell us, you know what I mean? But, you know, at the same time, it's one of those deals where, you know, if a safety concern comes into play and a kid's, you know, body's broken down, getting, I think that's a unique circumstance. But what we're talking about is how simple. And Tim Corbin, you know, I'm sure you know who Coach Corbin is from Vanderbilt University, baseball coach. His famous, you know, one of his famous lines or something he said to me on our podcast was, release the opportunity to your child. You know, release the opportunity for them to kind of take the keys and take the reins a little bit. And I think it's tough as parents to do that. And, and, and you know what we do in the process, Coach Lanham, is we prevent the kids from struggling. You know, we prevent them from, from failing. Why are those things so important for, you know, kids to go through before they even get on the radar to come to wrestle for you? Well, I think you have to experience some adversity. You can't just, you know, as, as parents, it's hard to see your child fail. But just remember, sooner or later, you're not going to be there. And and the life lessons that they learn from failing and getting back up are going to be lessons that they're going to take through a lifetime, and they're going to teach their, their children. I, I think the more we look at society now, it, it, it is that type of, you know, parents want to shield. People always talk to me about, you know, I have a parent that says all the time, it's like, he says, Coach, you're, you do a great job at peaking your athletes. It seems like all the time that your guys are always ready for nationals and, and ACCs and nationals. What do you do? I say, well, I ask my athletes. When they say they're tired, I, I, I pull back. When they say they want more, I give them more. I said it, 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 the formula is simple if you if you can trust your athlete. And I think it, it's the same way when you have a child that's like a multiple sport athlete. You know, sooner or later, it's going to come to that point where they're going to say, wow, you know what, I really, I feel like I can achieve more on this sport if I limit the amount of the other sport. They'll make that decision, but you have to trust them uh, and you have to guide them in order for them to make that decision. And I've, I've always been, you know, thank God, I've always been fortunate to have athletes that I trust when they say they're tired, I can let off the gas. And I trust when they say they they need more, I can put on the gas. So I think it's that give-take relationship. But if you establish a strong relationship, you know, with your child and they're doing the three sports and the two sports, uh, you're going to find out that, uh, you know, if you trust their opinion, a lot of times you won't go wrong. Man, that word right there, and I want to get into that, the trust and the relationship aspect of it, which is such a key element, not just for parenting, but also from a coach-athlete relationship, man. I mean, how do you, you know, I'm going to, you know Mike Fox. Right, yeah, yeah. He's my, I got, I got the chance to play for him. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I played for him for one, you know, this is, people often ask, like, you know, how do you know who your best coach, you know, who, who the coach, I'm like, man, who the coach was you connected with the most? I'm like, man, I, I don't know if you can explain it. You just feel that thing, you know, whoever it is. And there's a presence, there's a relationship, there's a connection, there's a bond. He and I mean, I hadn't talked to him in a while. And uh, I lived in New York and I, I moved down here to Wilmington, North Carolina. They were playing uh, when he was still coaching Carolina. They were playing a game at UNCW, right? University of North Carolina, Wilmington. And I went down, I see coach. I hadn't seen him in probably 10 years. I reach my hand out. Hey, coach, how you doing? And man, he goes, put that hand down. He wraps his arms around me and bear hugs me. I'm like, oh, my God, this is pretty cool. You know, I, I love you, coach, yada, yada, yada. But that's something that you can't. That's that that's forging the fire of competition and the bonding in the relationship. And that's unbreakable. How do you do that? How do you as a coach and let's say at any level, 
develop that camaraderie, that trust, that bond with your athletes and build it so that you can go. Because I think that trust and that relationship can take performance to the next level. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I've, I've been fortunate to have some really good coaches. And when you want to win and compete for yourself and your coach, then that's where that, that bond takes place. But it's a relationship where, you know, I, I remember uh, very uh, young in high school when I had a new coach come in who, to this day, we, we stay in touch. And, and that was years, years ago. He, he's never missed a national tournament from my freshman year on. And we always find time at nationals to, to sit down and talk, to go out and eat if we have time. But, it, you know, sometimes coaches got to tell you things you don't want to hear. Sure. And, and he was one of those guys that, you know, would say, hey, if you want to achieve in this area, maybe you might have to do less in this other area. And then, too, I remember one time we had a morning practice and, and I was just super tired and, and just, you know, and it was an individual. He was going to go in there and we we're going to roll around together. And I was just not feeling it, you know. And he's and, you know, I'm in there and I'm kind of feeling sorry for myself. It's up in the morning. You know, I could run there to practice. And we're rolling around, and he just stops in the middle of it. And he's like, "Look, what are you, what are you, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, coach, you know, I'm starting to go into my sob story about this and that." He's like, "Look, you know, I, I get up out of bed just like you. You know, I, I leave a warm bed. I leave my wife. I leave my family. You know, I do all these things because I want you to be better. I will always give you 100. percent Find a way to give me 100. percent and, and right then and there, I was like, you know what? I ne- I thought to my coach, I was the most important thing there was. Mm. But you know what? It comes, you know, it's, it's family. It's that, and he's sacrificing that time to give to me. So one thing I always would would stress to my athletes are like, and and you know, sometimes coaches are like, oh, you know, your athletes don't need to know that you know your family and this and that because you know uh, you you need to just focus on on their the most important things. But I'm like, look, this. There's other things that I would rather be doing if you can't get your act together. Sure. And that's what I remember my coach was like. I was like, you know what? That's right. You know, if, if I can't come in here and give this man all of my time, who he's given his time and sacrificing his family. Because I, I think athletes sometimes get narrow-minded. You know, it's, it's about me. It's about me. It's about me. But it's, it, it's really, in order for you to get better, somebody is sacrificing time mm. or something in order for you to get better. So if you can go into that practice and that the better you're going to be and to me that was something that just changed the way I looked at the way I had to act and the way I had to be from that moment on that's Glenn Lanham head wrestling coach at Duke University when we return coach Lanham and I will discuss accountability structure and advice for kids trying to play sports in college Welcome back to the Reform Sports Project podcast. Where Coach Lanham and I left off, we were about to dig further into the importance of being held accountable and advice for those looking to play sports in college. And you're talking about like a coach holding you accountable. Like, like I think it was recently Deion Sanders. It was like a year ago. There was an audio clip, Deion. This is before he got the, the Jackson State job. I think he was coaching a high school team or something. And, and Deion was like, you know, if you're a high school coach, you know, and your and your athletes aren't coming back to you. Well, why is that? It's probably because you're not holding. I'm not word for wording it right now, but he's basically saying kids want to play or compete for coaches that are holding them accountable, that aren't a pushover. You know, that are 
You know, people talk about the word love. I love my athletes. I love my coach. I love this. Well, then others will say, well, love is also accountability, discipline. It's structure. It's all those things. But people don't want it. I had a conversation with Jim Calhoun not too long ago. People are afraid of the word discipline nowadays. It's like, it's a bad word, right? Discipline. We can't discipline. It's like, wait a minute here. I think that that gets taken out of context, but isn't holding someone accountable, you know, keeping discipline in line, keeping the child, helping to keep them on the right path, isn't that showing them love? I mean, I'm talking about without, you know, hurting someone, right? Let's get that out of the equation. We're talking about in a healthy way. Isn't that healthy? I I believe so. Everybody, you know, when when you have athletes, whether young or old, everyone wants guidelines. Everyone wants discipline, you know, and I, I call it, you know, when you get into the Bible more, and you talk about the Bible always says correction, you know, and, and that's what I think when I look at as a coach, you know, it's not so much discipline, but it is correction. And even as a coach, we have to be able to give correction, but we have to be able to take correction as well, too, because sometimes your athletes have something that, you know, that you may need and you're not giving them. And you have to be ready to give correction and take it just as equally. And that's what I feel like. It's. It, I don't talk. I, I never talk to my athletes about discipline, but I do talk a lot about correction because I, I think when you look at the Bible and it talks about, you know, just like a father gives correction to his child, you know, it shows love. So for me, a biblical standpoint of correction where you're you're trying to guide someone in the right direction. And sometimes they may not understand that, but sooner or later they will. Such a critical aspect of it. Why is it, do you think, that athletes uh, or kids, and at that moment, and this is kind of a hypothetical question, but from maybe from your own experience as a coach and as an athlete, like why is it that as you get away from, let's say, playing for or competing for a coach that maybe was a quote-unquote hard butt, right? Oh, he's, a, he's, he's strict or he's this. But then when you get older, you know, you get a little wiser man, that guy was, you know, that he or her, that coach, man, I'm so grateful for them holding me accountable. I'm so grateful for that structure that I was in. Why, as we get older, do we look back on that and and appreciate it more as opposed to when we're younger, do you think? I think it's the life lessons that you all of a sudden that you don't see in front of you that someone's giving you. And then all of a sudden until you experience, that's why I believe that it's important for every child to go through adversity. Because then when they go through that adversity, they can appreciate more the correction that they got that got them through that. And at that moment, they don't understand that. And at that moment, coach, why are you being so hard? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Because I look at my situation at Duke. So I have five years to instill some type of, some type of like life benefit that a student athlete will have going through my program. So I've had businessmen, I've had Navy SEALs, and all of those guys have come back and said, hey, I remember this certain moment in practice when I broke, and you looked at me and said, hey, you know what? Give me one more because life is tough. You know, I always, and people talk about the great Dan Gable. I don't like him because he's a Hawkeye, but that's a joke. (laughs) But there is one thing that he says that I totally disagree with. Dan Gable says, you know, wrestling, there's nothing tougher than wrestling. And I, and I totally disagree with that. But what I can say is that wrestling is the sport that can get you ready and prepared for life. And what I mean by that is, like, I talk to my student-athletes all the time that if you can go through adversity and get through it in wrestling, then, you know, you talk about what, what life is going to throw at you. Life is going to throw at you a, a lot more than just winning and losing. It's going to throw at you 
you know, loss of a child, loss of a parent, loss of a job. And and what you can take from that little sport where you can say, you know what? I didn't give up. I fought through this. Hmm. It aids that ability to fight through things. Wrestling is a training ground for life, but nothing is going to be tougher than life. Nothing is going to be tougher than life. And that's why I, I always say to my athletes, it's like when they come in and they're like, coach, I'm thinking about quitting. I, I can't I can't contribute to, to the program. I, I say, look, when you look at this in five or six years down the road, you're going to laugh at the adversity that you face in this room when it comes to the adversity you're going to face in life. But I can tell you this right now. If you quit in this, it's going to make it a lot easier to quit in life. And But the only thing is the problem in, in life is you can't quit. You got to keep going. You got to get up every day and you got to push and you got to grind. And so this, all you're taking from a little bit of this sport is to enable you to do that. There's nothing tougher than life. There's nothing tougher than life. And that's what I say. Prepare in here because life is tough. Man, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I used to think running those pole sprints or running this, that, and the other and at North Carolina Wesleyan with Mike Foss going, let's go make the time. You know, I thought that was the hardest thing. I'm like, man. But I was getting ready to go to the. I was only mad at that time because I was getting ready. To, I wanted to go to the cafeteria and eat because my meal was prepared for me. You know what I mean? Like in hindsight, it's like, oh my god, you know. And I was in shape. I'm fit. It's 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 crazy. Then you're right. You take those things away from you, coach. A lot of kids want to be able to find their way on your radar. I know you are at you know an astute university that is the highest degree uh, academic wise. You're wrestling in the ACC. You're competing on the national scene. You've had all Americans. But what can these kids do to get seen and to put themselves in a position to be able to compete as college athletes? It might not just be just for Duke University, but also to just get on the scene. What are some physical things they could do? And also from a character and academic standpoint, the best way to make themselves recognizable or recruitable by college coaches? Well, I, I just think, one, you got to get your video out. First of all, for us, it's it's twofold. I mean, we're, we're Duke's non-scholarship, so those things have to line up with your financial aid part of it. Then the academic part of it is another part of it uh, with us. So if, if I if I can't get you in, then, then you know there's no sense of recruiting. So, but I think you know one is transcripts. Just stay up to date. I mean, it, you, you look at the country. There's a lot of student athletes out there, so it's it's just really hard to see everybody at one time. But I say to guys all the time, if there's a university that you want, make yourself known. Make yourself known. Don't don't be that guy that says, well, he, need, he needs to come after me. He needs to come after me. It's like, hey, if I want to go there, put yourself on the radar. Get your transcripts. Get your video out. Make contact with the coach. Email the coach. That kind of stuff is, is important because at the end of the day, it's like if you it's – just, it's just like athletics. It's just like you're trying to compete for a state championship. You're not going to let that state championship fall in your lap. You're going to go out and get it. And so if you want to – if there's a university that you want to go out, uh, you know, put yourself out there. Do it with the video. Do it. Do it with the transcripts. Email the coach. Make contact with the coach. Be, be persistent with contact. That's that's something that I can say because for me, I, I look at my recruiting and it's just like, you know, you, I'll go in the office right now and I I'll have sixty emails from kids just like from all over the country saying, oh, I love Duke. I love this. This is my story. This is what I want to be. This one. And you and you get all these emails and then you put them in a database and then you you start calling kids and then you lose kids and you get kids. But I tell you what. A lot of the guys that make it on the scene with me are the guys that are competing. They're finding ways to, to, to go out and get competition. And also that they're persistent. They're like, hey, look, I'm, I want to be a Duke. I want to be at a university like Duke. Uh, you know, hey, coach, how's everything going? Hey, this is my update. This is what I'm doing right now. This is the way I'm competing. 
And, and that kid, is, you're like, oh, man, this guy's he's on it. He's always ready to go. So that that's kind of my thing is like, if you want it, go after it and grab it. Don't wait for the coach to find you. You find the coach. The squeaky wheel gets the grit. It's like, hey, I tell kids, uh, you know, I'm in, in business. It's the same way. I, my portion of my job is recruiting and training, and you know, it's a matter of, hey, if if you're persistent, persistency gets you places in life, man. You got to be because I think persistency shows passion, right? And we all want to be around people who are passionate about their craft. No doubt, and and, and to me, if, if, if you're like, I had a kid. I, I, so this kid, uh, he he's from Alabama. He's uh, getting his doctorate's degree in engineering. The kid is super smart. He hadn't wrestled for four years. So during the COVID pandemic, when you're just like locked down, you, you don't want to add any guys to your team. So during the pandemic, he was like, coach, I want to wrestle. I got, hey, give me your background. I ain't wrestled for four years. I'm like, oh, right away. No way. There's no way. So this guy, I don't know how he would do it, but he would find me on campus every single day. It's like, coach, I want to wrestle for Duke. I want to wrestle for Duke. And I was like, oh, my goodness, there's no way this kid hadn't wrestled in, in four years. I mean, he's, he's a doctorate student. He's never going to have time. And so it, it's like, okay, so finally he found me one day. He's outside my door. I'm like, holy mackerel. I, okay, let me get this kid a physical. So I get him a physical. And then I said, once I get him in the room, once he, you know, he hadn't wrestled for four years, he won't come back after a hard practice. He goes through a hard practice. Who's the first one in there? Ty. You know, he's in there. He, you know, he's limited in ability. He's limited in, in, in wrestling skills. But his persistency of a, just wanting to be a part of the program, I, I just, he made me say yes. He I made me that. say yes. And, and and that's the thing I say with people. Don't don't be so big that you can't say if because you listen to all these athletes, it's like, ah, right, you know, he's got to come after me. It's got to show that it's, he's important to me. I'm like, if, if it's important to you, is that what you want? Then don't take no for an answer. Go for it. Make the coach make take you. You know, or make the coach say no. Don't be that guy that says, well, he's got to come out of me. Because if, if you want if you want it, go, go get it. That's Glenn Lanham, head wrestling coach at Duke University. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.